Hey, welcome to Holistically Hope with Rachel Pontillo. I'm your host, Rachel Pontillo, and today we are going to talk about something that you might not have heard about yet, or if you've heard about it, you might not know what it is or why it is important for your skin or your health, and that is methylation. You might be wondering, huh? I don't know what that is. Well, that's okay. My guest today, Lauren Hauser, is an integrative medicine trained nurse practitioner and is going to give us the scoop on what methylation is, why it is important to have healthy skin and a healthy body, and also what we can do to optimize our body's methylation process naturally. This is a fascinating topic and I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Lauren. Thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. So we're going to talk about a topic today that not everybody might be familiar with, but it's something that people really should know about. And that is the topic of methylation, not only in the body, but also in supplements and other things that people might be using to increase overall health and wellness. Absolutely. It's a very important topic and it's relatively new, so I'm happy to share the information so people are aware. All right. Well, let's talk first of all by, by uh, going over what is methylation? What does that word itself mean and why is it important for us? Sure. So methylation is actually a biochemical process if we go back to chemistry in high school. Um, and it's simply adding a, a um, molecule to another molecule. And when this happens, it kind of tags that molecule as it. And this is a process that happens billions of times in your body every second. And it affects every cell and every tissue. So by adding this carbon group, it changes how, how our body performs. And it impacts every pretty much every process in our body, um, from detoxification to immune function to um, DNA maintenance, repair, and generation. Um, energy production, mood, and inflammation. It plays a big role with inflammation. So pretty much everything that you just mentioned, if things go wrong with those processes, it will show up on the surface of our skin as something like acne, maybe even rosacea, or some other inflammatory type of skin issue. And I know that we're also seeing a lot of hyperpigmentation and melasma issues associated with inflammation. So this is an area that, like you said, it's fairly new mm -hmm. and it's it's growing, it's advancing, and we're getting more and more knowledge coming out of the research. But there are some things that people should be doing right. on a regular basis that can help kind of protect this process and optimize so, it within their own bodies. Can you kind of shed some light on what some of those things might be? Absolutely. Well, the first thing I want to let everyone know is this is actually, there's a big genetic component to methylation and how well you methylate. Um, about 40 to 50% of the population have a variant, or I prefer variant over mutation. Um, on, it's a nicer word. Isn't it nicer? Um, on, on, their, on one of their genes that contributes to methylation. The most common one you've probably heard of, or if you Google methylation, that would come up would be MTHFR. Mm -hmm. um, there are 20 plus other genes that are involved in this process, um, but that's probably the most researched and the most common. Um, so it's a genetic component. So you do get one gene from mom and one gene from dad. But the thing about genes is they're not static. Um, there's this whole field of epigenetics and our environment, what we're exposed to, what we eat, what we put on our skin, um, plays a big role in how well we methylate. 
So even if you do have a genetic variant, like I do, um, I actually have two, um, we, have the we have the control because we can modify our lifestyle and our environment to help maximize methylation and decrease any risk that can be associated with it. I'm really glad that you mentioned that about genetics because I hear so often in my practice, and I'm sure you do too, that um, a lot of people come in with an issue, whether it's a skin issue or a health issue or something else going on with their bodies. I know um, people who have weight loss concerns or weight gain concerns often really do place so much value on genetics. And genetics is a factor, sure. but it's not a sentence. Exactly. It's, it's not carved in stone. So like what you were saying about how lifestyle and epigenetics, what, you know, our actions that we take, how that affects our genetics, it really, we do have the control to change mm -hmm. what we've, the hand that we've been dealt. Yeah. So I'm really glad that you mentioned that. I always use the example that, um, you know, if you have, if you have a parent who has some kind of skin or health issue that you don't like, mm -hmm. that you don't want, but you live your life similar to how they live their lives. You eat the way they ate. You think right. the way they think. You have fitness um, and other lifestyle habits that they have. Then chances are, yeah, you're probably going to get that too. Mm -hmm. But if you see this, if you say, oh, mom had acne, mom had weight gain, mom had cancer, or dad too. Let's not blame mom. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Mom's always the blame. <laughs> I know. And I, I, me as a mom and you as a mom, you know, we... <laughs> We have to stop doing this. So we're going to blame dad too. <laughs> okay, let's blame dad. Or grandparents. Let's blame the grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best option. Yes. But if we see that there is this family history and it's not something that we want to repeat, we can just do different things than they did and have a different result. And it gets back to that old, uh, I don't know if it was Einstein or whoever said it, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, that's important to say. So, okay, with methylation, I know that, um, you know, we're talking about its action not only in the body, but I know that I've had clients and, and we've, we've shared clients who, who do take supplements yeah. in addition to a healthy diet and lifestyle. And we know that not all supplements are created equal. And some of the more bioavailable forms are methylated. And specifically, I think of B vitamins yeah. is where we're seeing it mm -hmm. the most. Can you shed a little bit of light on, on that, how that works and uh, what the differences are? Sure. And, and I think this is a really important topic, so thanks for bringing it up. Because um, a lot of what we do is is help advise with supplements because you're right, they're not all created equal. And mm -hmm. oftentimes we think that they're benign and that they're completely safe, but actually they can be detrimental to some people. Um, so when I'm recommending supplements for patients, regardless of whether I know they have a methylation defect, I always recommend B supplements that are methylated. Um, that's because if you think of the methylation cycle as kind of a bicycle wheel, if you take unmethylated B vitamins like cyanocobalamin, which is B12, or folic acid, um, which are both unmethylated forms of B vitamins, um, they can actually gunk up the wheel. Mm. They can actually slow down the process because your body can't use them because they have to add a methyl group to be able to use them. And it actually can inhibit the process. Um, so if you are taking a B vitamin, especially B12 or um, folic acid, you want to make sure you're getting it in the correct form so that it's helpful. Um, so for B12, um, the, the cheapest and most available form is the cyanocobalamin. And that is unmethylated. 
It's also made from cyanide. Awesome. Um, yeah. So we all we all sounded, have, Yeah, I heard the cyan uh, yeah. in there. So yeah. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I want to try and avoid that. Um, the good forms would be like a methylcobalamin, an adenosylcobalamin, or a hydroxycobalamin. Okay. Um, and then for folic acid, so folic acid we think a lot with pregnancy and moms mm -hmm. and fertility. Uh, folic, folate is necessary for uh, the baby's spinal cord to develop which happens so early on in pregnancy that we want childbearing women to get enough of this um, in before they even know they're pregnant so that we don't have birth defects. Um, so all of our, a lot of our food is fortified with folic acid um, as well as a lot of our supplements. And initially this is a good thing, it helped prevent spina bifida and things like that, but it was the cheapest form available. We didn't have more, we didn't know this information. Um, but if you're choosing a multivitamin or a prenatal now, you want to find something that has folate or folinic acid in it. Okay. And those are the methylated forms of folate um, that are that are much better absorbed and that will not inhibit this methylation process will actually help. Now, other than B vitamins, are there any other micronutrients that are available in methylated forms that people should be looking for? So the biggest thing is not so much the being in the methylated form, but nutrients that help support the methylation process. Um, and the biggest ones you think about are magnesium and zinc. Um, and these are cofactors in so many different reactions in our They're body. big buzzwords now too. I mean, I see so many blog posts that are like, are you magnesium deficient? And I read it, I'm like, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Should I be taking magnesium? And I even run, um, you know, I make my own skincare products and sure. I have a group on Facebook called Handmade Skincare Enthusiasts where I had someone ask, mm -hmm. should I be putting magnesium in my skincare products? And I know that magnesium is something that can be delivered transdermally, but I've also heard that some people can have serious reactions to it when applied topically. Might that have to do with whether it's in the right form or not? It's possible. Um, magnesium is an amazing nutrient and most of us are deficient. Mm. Uh, our soil is deficient, and that's the reason about 50% um, of Americans are actually magnesium deficient. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's up there. Um, and it's not because, well, we are eating a poor diet, but even if you are eating a really rich vegetable diet, it's the soil quality that's playing a role. Uh, but magnesium is not only our third most important electrolyte, sodium, potassium, magnesium, um, but it's, like I said, a cofactor in so many different reactions. So it's helpful um, to improve sleep anxiety, um, muscle aches and cramps, uh, it helps support methylation, um, it helps improve our bowel habits. Uh, it's kind of our body's natural relaxer. Hmm. Uh, the correct form of the form we re-recommend of magnesium is magnesium glycinate. Okay. Um, that's the most bioavailable. Um, it's less likely to cause you to run to the bathroom, um, which is always... We do hear that concern. Yes. And I think that concern might actually hold people back from taking that. Absolutely. So it's great that you're saying there's a form that does not have such an urgent yeah. reaction. And and absolutely can be absorbed through our skin. Okay. Uh, my favorite way is like an Epsom salt bath. Uh, oh, neat. Yeah, I think um, when your pores are open, you know this, you know, they're more likely to absorb. absorb. Yeah, there is a lot of research. Um, I, I, I did some research on transdermal supplementation uh, for magnesium as well as for vitamin D. Yeah. And the studies that I found on PubMed did indicate that the more hydrated the skin is, the better it will absorb. And if it's yeah. not hydrated enough, then the follicles do kind of close up and yeah. contract, constrict mm -hmm. to keep out anything. So... 
even though our skin is has the lipid barriers and we do absorb lipids better, mm-hmm. if there's dehydration, nothing's getting in. in there. Yeah, so I could see an Epsom salt bath being really great for absorption. Yeah, and especially for muscles. Yeah. You know, if, if, if you're feeling achy, really, really helpful, or if you have a headache. Um, and then zinc, zinc also a cofactor in a lot of important reactions, not only methylation, thyroid function, mm-hmm. zinc plays a huge role in um, hormone production. Um, sex drive, regular menses, zinc is, is key in. And zinc, it's the same form. It's zinc glycinate. It's okay. the most bioavailable form. Um, the thing about zinc is you really don't want to push it over 20 to 40 milligrams. I was going to say, I have heard that it can be very toxic and it's hard to know how much you should take. Yeah, so zinc is a, is a trace element. So we, we absolutely need it. It's essential. But if you push it in too high quantities, it can change your copper levels. And copper can be toxic. Oh, interesting. And zinc you always want to take with food because it can upset your stomach. It's amazing um, how these different minerals and um, electrolytes and everything work not only together with each other, but mm-hmm. as you mentioned, as cofactors in these other processes. And, you know, we are we are breaking it down to a really kind of biochemical, as you said, sure. um, way here, which might seem a little bit out there for some people who aren't familiar with these types of things, but it really is important to look at health this way. Yes, we want to look at the big picture, mm-hmm. but the human body is just such an incredible design with so many moving parts and so many systems, some of which are kind of obvious, but others are so tiny that mm-hmm. we won't necessarily look at them or think of them first, but once one thing goes out of whack because they do all work together, then other things become out of balance. Absolutely. That's when one of the favorite um, functional medicine tests we do in our clinic is a micronutrient test. Yes. Because I've had a couple of my clients take that and oh my gosh, it just provides so much information that you would never have. Right. And it's so personalized. You know, it's it's easy to, you know, look up, okay, what's good for skin, what's good for anxiety, what's good for sleep. But if you're not taking things that are specific to your needs, you know, you think your benefit is limited, but that looks at your specific needs, um, which I think is helpful in dosing of, of supplements as well. Yeah, I, I think it's fantastic because, yeah, as you said, you can you can get only get so far with, you know, well, if I have this, then I should do this. Right. But, I mean, I, I know integrative and functional medicine are based largely on bioindividuality, and my entire practice and even the way I teach people to make skincare products is also based on that same philosophy that we are all individual people we are not static, we are dynamic. Everything we do affects our health, our skin, our minds. It all works together. And what we need on that tiny molecular scale differs. And it can differ day to day, even by all of these lifestyle changes, what foods we eat, how much stress we have. So if we do have that support by, you know, enhancing methylation, like you said, so that at least that's working optimally. Right. I can see how it can really help other things just continue staying in balance and moving forward as they should rather than getting pulled out of balance. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I know you and I just talked about this briefly before we started sure. the interview, and I, uh, but, and I want to mention it a little bit because I know that when we talk about nutrition for the body obviously we you know I I look at building healthy skin cells from the inside out because 
our skin cells are built on the inside, they're not built on the outside. So because the skin does need to still be nourished and protected on the outside, I'm wondering if you think we're gonna start seeing methylation in topical skincare ingredients. That's a really interesting point and I would not be surprised. Uh, it's such a new field uh, and we're just learning and the research is, is in its infancy uh, and it's being applied to things like cardiovascular disease and inflammatory conditions, but it will absolutely get to skin. Um, but I, I would not be surprised to see that in the future. Absolutely. Because when you, when you think about a methylation, if it impacts DNA generation repair, what's the most fastest turning over DNA cells? Our, our skin. So sure. there's a big role with aging um, and also with inflammation. I mean, when we think of skin inflammation, that's one of the key components that causes issues. So if we can help reduce overall systematic inflammation, I think it's going to make a difference. And when you think about DNA damage, I mean, a lot of DNA damage does happen directly from processes affecting the skin. If you think ah. about UV rays from the sun, if you think about overexposure to toxins, that does cause mutation at that DNA level, and it causes functions like pigmentation to happen inappropriately, which leads to results like hyperpigmentation or hypopigmentation. And, you know, I, I really think that having proper methylation happening in the body might be able to help kind of catch the, that damage before it happens. But yeah, I, I think, you know, the skincare ingredient industry, go it moves as quickly as the supplement industry. So I would not be surprised if I hear about this at a spa conference sometime yeah. soon. And I'm so glad you brought that up, too, because when, when we talk about optimizing methylation or treating a methylation variant, um, we go through a lot of lifestyle interventions. It's not just, hey, take this supplement. Um, uh, in our practice, we're really focused on making healthy lifestyle choices and, and food choices. Uh, and one of the things on the list is to try and avoid products that have toxins in them, especially applied to your skin. Um, so I'm so happy that, the, that you're out here providing all these resources um, to the community about what is healthy to put on your skin and what's going to not cause damage because we, we want to minimize our exposure to toxins because that helps the whole detoxification process and supports methylation. You know, and I think that when it comes to skincare products, it's kind of an easier in for some people than maybe a complete refrigerator makeover or pantry makeover because, you know, it might be considered more fun to get some new skincare products or body care products or makeup. And um, these are just small changes that can be made. And I always teach people, you don't have to do it all at once. Some people do great with like getting a big old garbage bag and all right, let's haul it all out and go shopping. Some people are fine with that, but other people get serious. Like, oh my God, this is too much. I can't handle this. I just want to go crawl in my bed now and be there for three weeks while I process all of this. And that's, we don't want that either because we're not, you know, obviously adding stress to someone's life is not the way not to support well, methylation yeah. or healthy skin <laughs> or health in any way. Yeah. So I always encourage people to know your personality and know what kind of pace you like to go at, whether you're an all or nothing kind of person or whether kind of baby steps and moderation works better for you. However you make the change is fine with me as long as you make the change in some way. And I know that you and uh, Dr. Tetlow share that belief as well. Yes, yes. We like to do one, one health habit at a time. Perfect. Um, because you're right, you don't want to overwhelm patients. And little, little changes make big differences. Absolutely. 
So before we close today, I know that we talked about the micronutrient deficient testing, and you mentioned some genetic testing that people can have to see if they do have genetic variants mm -hmm. that might indicate issues with methylation um, naturally. Can you go over what the names of some of those tests might be and how people would go about getting those tests? Because I know that even the fields of functional and integrative medicine are not accessible to everyone and um, sometimes you do have to ask for something specifically. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Um, yeah, we do use some functional medicine testing and it, the purpose is to get a personalized approach and to look for root cause. Um, so the micronutrient test we would do in our office as we send you home with a kit, it's through SpectraCell as the company, um, we would get the results back and then we review um, supplement changes, dietary changes that would help with that. Uh, for genetic testing, there's several options. Um, if you weren't working with a functional medicine or integrative medicine practitioner, you can actually get your genetics done online at 23andMe. Wow. Um, and it's they recently increased the price, so I think it's $199, and they will give you all the data. Um, you would have to take the data and apply it to some of these free websites or work with a practitioner. Um, when it comes with methylation, it's, it's such a complex system, I do recommend working with someone yeah, um, just yeah. because you can overmethylate, you can get some symptoms, so um, that's important. Um, other really interesting tests that I think are helpful that we do in our office are stool studies, uh, especially with skin. If I have a patient mm -hmm. with acne, that's one of the first things I'm going to recommend. I want to know if there's inflammation in that gut, if there's overgrowth of yeast or bacteria, if they're absorbing things. Um, so those are all tests we do here. Um, and on our website, we have a list of kind of all the functional medicine testings that are available through our office. Um, and we receive no benefit from testing. We, uh, we want to keep it um, as accessible to patients as possible. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's why I love your practice, and I'm so glad to have you on the show today. So you are at Philadelphia Integrative Medicine, and you work with Dr. Georgia Tetlow, and you're in Wayne, Pennsylvania. And now you do see people in your office, but do you offer any services virtually as well? Sure. So we do um, free consults, 20-minute consults, and they can be on the phone or in the office. Mm -hmm. um, we do have patients that are not local. Um, what they usually do is come and they'll see us once for an initial eval. Um, and that's just, you know, a, a, an protocol that has to, has to be done legally. And sure. then a lot of times we do follow-up by phone or by Skype. Um, and unfortunately, if the follow-up is phone or Skype, we can't give you a super bill for reimbursement, but um, it's still a great way to connect with us if you're not a local local patient. Well, that sounds great. I mean, I know that the insurance industry hasn't quite caught up with uh, right. where integrative and functional health are going, and honestly, I mean, it's just a matter of time, but I've said this in past podcasts before, and I'm sure you're going to agree with me here, is that the only way to get more insurance companies to cover services and to reimburse for services is to ask for it. You have yes. to advocate for yourself and you have to tell your insurance providers and your employers, this is the services that I want. This is a benefit that I want covered. And they might not cover it right mm -hmm. away, but it always, you know, supply follows demand and that's yeah. always the way it is. So yes, it's frustrating, but so, it, it's not a lost cause. So I always yeah. tell people. Absolutely, and we're actually seeing some pretty good reimbursement. Um, we see about seventy to eighty percent with like a PPO after um, in out network deductible. So people are getting reimbursed for services, which is very reassuring. That I wish available to everyone. Um, I think it should be a covered benefit, but hopefully one day. 
<laughs> hopefully one day soon. Hopefully yeah. more and more practitioners like you and Dr. Tetlow and many of the guests that I've had on the show will just keep spreading awareness and doing the work that you do. And I love that so many of you do have webinars and blog posts and yeah. both live events and virtual events. You do a lot of events in the Philadelphia I area. I do, yeah, and, yeah. And I they're do, fantastic. I do a blog um, at least once a week, yep. hopefully several times a week. And then I do a monthly group class for $5 um, just to get out there in the community. And every month's a different topic. Mm -hmm. uh, this next one is vitamin D. Um, which Great is important, topic, especially this time yeah, of year. Yeah, exactly, yep. um, and and then we're we also talked for um, yesterday morning. I did something for a mental health provider. I talked about the mind body connection. Mm -hmm. um, so we're out there trying to spread the word and and be of service to the community. Fantastic. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for being on the show today and for sharing all that valuable information about methylation and how to find out more about it for yourself and some simple things that you can do to optimize that process within your own body so that you can really get the benefits of every process that methylation supports. Absolutely. So awesome. Well, I thank appreciate you so much. it. Thank you for joining us today, and thanks again to Lauren Hauser for providing such clear information on a process that might seem a little bit complicated. So I hope that you have found this interesting and that you understand methylation a little bit better after today. If you would like to learn more from Lauren Hauser, or if you live in the Philadelphia area and would like to become a patient or learn more about Philadelphia Integrative Medicine, head on over to www.philly-im.com. Dot com. And be sure that you read Lauren's guest post on the Holistically Hope blog. Head on over to holisticallyhope.com. Be sure to ask any questions or leave a comment. If you liked this episode, and I hope you did, I hope you will share it with your friends. And of course, subscribe to my iTunes and YouTube channels. Thanks again. I will be back soon with another episode, and I wish you a beautiful day. 